recorded. Friend for years, now you're boy in blue. How you switching up gears? He said, I've been. I got an air full of bad news. Your blood's corrupt, and it's time to choose. We got some niggas running drugs that can't be touched. Unless you want to handle the dirt, it'll mean so much. I said, I got this. Message received. I'm gonna clean up the block like you wouldn't believe. Call me yeah. Mr. Queen. Uh, 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 uh. That's Ghostface, right? Yeah. That's Ghostface. In my top five. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely in my top five. Yeah. One of the greatest storytellers of all time, in my opinion. It's just, and he's just so hard, man. Like, he's so just, oh, in yeah. your face. Like, Ghostface, guys, honestly, if you're not into Ghostface and you're like into Action Bronson, <laughs> like, you got issues. Like, seriously, oh. you don't know anything. Drop your Action Bronson and his fucking cooking show shit. And listen to some <laughs> fucking Ghostface, like seriously. This guy is like, in terms of storytelling rappers, like he's on, he's number one in most people's top five. He should be if he's not. And on par with Biggie, and Biggie is like my favorite mm-hmm. rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, on par with Biggie in terms of storytelling. I totally agree. Ghostface, man, Ghostface. Get into Ghostface, you know, youngins. <laughs> seriously. Welcome to the Mints, guys. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to episode Nils. Nils and T-Bone. And T-Bone. This is episode five. Episode five. Holy crap. We've made it five episodes. Wow. wow. Well done, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Happy fifth anniversary. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Is that a diamond or a <laughs> I don't know, copper or some shit? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> My parents at this point would say something like, yes, five years, and you have to celebrate five years. We have celebrated 45 years. <laughs> but yeah, yo, episode five, we made it. Yeah, well man. done. Well yeah, done. No, Pat yourself on the back. Yeah, Pat yourself on the back. People seem to be liking it. Yeah, don't, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm getting a lot of um, constructive criticism, mm-hmm. which is good. We which don't want great. people to tell us we're mm-hmm. amazing. Um, and also people telling us, uh, us that we're amazing, which is great. And people telling us that we're amazing on occasion, which is great. <laughs> great for you that know, I've, been, I've actually thought about it a bit, mm. and I've thought about... Peop, I do think there's, like, an element of voyeurism involved, in, in because a lot of these people listening are people who know us. Yeah, exactly. And, as a, and I think because people know you and me spend a lot of time together, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, uh, in this world... It's very strange for two straight men to spend time with one another Ugh. because straight men must always be in the pursuit of women That's according right. to, like, normal people. Mm. But it's not to say that we're not. Yeah, it's not... Yeah, anyway. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, but like, you know... So I think people are like, yeah. whoa, those two spend so much time together. This mm. is what they talk about? Is this what they're like? So mm-hmm. I think there's an element of voyeurism there that people are indulging in. And maybe what some do, of them... What do these guys talk about? Yeah, I think there's do? a bit of that. I think there's a bit of that. Because we're, like... We're mad mysterious and shit. Maybe we just look like we're having fun. Well, I'd like to think so. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so, yeah, actually, yeah, I um, I was at my brother's birthday on the weekend and I met um, two fans of the show. Oh, nice. Um, who were like, yeah, you know, we love the show. Good stuff. Keep going. So it was nice. It was nice. That said, we do have some shout-outs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first and foremost. Yes. The... This man is a very, very... Like, he is on par with White Mamba uh-huh. in terms of how important this man is to us. Absolutely. And we're, we're just going to call him by his nickname. Mm-hmm. 
which I'm sure everybody will know who he is anyway, but Love Pez. Love Pez. Sending love to Panama, Love Pez. Exactly, man. We love you, man. Totally, dude. Natures and shit. <laughs> That's not punk rock. <laughs> this Love Pez is a beautiful, beautiful man. He's a magnificent bastard. Mm-hmm. And I, we adore you, bro. Yeah, bro. We can't wait to see you whenever you come down. Yeah, man. man. It's gonna be, it's gonna be wicked. Um, who else? We also got a shout out to shout out to Suj. Yeah, Suj. Who, Thanks, um, man. Actually, yeah, yo, man. Suj said some nice things. Mm. He said, um, we are like yin and yang, or is it yin and yang? Yin and yang. Yin and yang, and um, yeah. Which is kind of nice. That thanks, Suj. Suj also like yeah. sent us some stuff that he thought that we should talk yeah, about. Yeah, which yeah. you know maybe we will, we probably will in a future episode. Yeah, at some absolutely. Point. So thanks for that, Suj. Thanks, man. And I'd like to give a quick shout out to Albert who sent us. He sent us a very me a very nice message. Um, actually, the mints a very nice message. Yes, the mints are very nice. Um, on I Facebook, well. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, saying that like he he actually was like uh, thinking of going back to music because he didn't really like podcasts, but he's Back on the podcast train, thanks to us. Bra bra bra. That's what we changing do. lives. That's right. That's what we're doing. <laughs> we're doing this for the podcast world. Bro. This is not just for us. Podcast is, for life. We, <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're changing. We're changing society. That's what we're doing here. One one Facebook friend at a time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the support. And if you want to hit us up, guys, the yeah. Facebook page, like us, like our Facebook page, mm-hmm, it's facebook.com slash The, the Mints. Um, or just search oh, the, for the Yeah, mince. The Mints Podcast. Or the mince, yeah, it's facebook.com slash The Mints Podcast, yeah, I'm true. pretty sure. Yeah. Or just look up The Mints and you'll see a picture mm-hmm. of Mints and it's probably me and T-Bone. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, you can also email us at themintspodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Um, and you can listen to us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on our SoundCloud, mm-hmm. which is soundcloud.com, the the dash mints dash podcast or just like if you're in SoundCloud just search for just us search and you'll for find us. us thank god for search you'll totally find yeah. us on that way we're, we're actually like it's out there like yeah. it's very much out there it's not hard to find at yeah. all like in the beginning sure it was but now mm-hmm. like you know we're legit yeah. we're legit yo. we are legit too legit to quit yeah, and like, and now I can I can even download the mints on on my on my iPhone thanks to the um, podcast uh, app. Yeah, man, which is cool. And I am narcissistic enough to do that. Absolutely, and, and you know the really alerts come through, and you know <laughs> I can't wait to download my episodes. Man. Yeah, and I'm sure you feel the same. How way does too. it feel listening to yourself every now and then? Very strange. Do you um, sound anything like you think you do? No, I mean, but that's just yeah. Natural. I have I'd... a much higher, daintier voice than I think I. <laughs> have <laughs> as opposed to that that, that mean i think bar- i have like a barry white like yeah, yeah, yeah. baritone or something. Yeah, yeah oh yeah and I, I i think i find myself um a bit higher pitched than i think i am i didn't realize my laugh was so maniacal at times yeah that's also because you're loud yeah i am loud, <laughs> i am loud anyway all right what's new dog what is new um all right one thing, I mean, it's slightly topical. The backstory was that, you know, I had um, I had decided that I needed to watch a couple of movies that I thought were good, but I just hadn't gotten gotten around to watching. Um, those were, in particular, Ex Machina. Oh, starring Bay Number 2. Bay Number 2. Um, and also Beasts of No Nation. Starring Bay Number 1. Exactly. Say his name. Uh, Idris. Say it again. Idris. Say it again. Idris. Yeah. Love yes, we do. Yeah. I'll get into the review, okay. <laughs> which we're going to turn this into all of a sudden. The, I mean, the main reason I wanted to watch it was, like I said, it's these were I knew that were, they were good films. Mm. Um, 
but and you know and they all are well at least uh, I felt Beasts of No Nation was classed in the important film category mm. so I felt like I needed to watch it and I finally got around to doing it and it is amazing mm. there is not no other word for it it is incredibly heavy mm. and the acting but the acting just blew me away like mm. Idris was fantastic. Idris is never not fantastic. I'm true. just putting that out there. But yeah, like, yo, Idris is amazing. And like, I was actually in, again, this is, I'm probably going to bore you guys with all these New York stories, but screw it. I'm going to say, I actually got to see Carrie Fukunaga talk about this mm-hmm. in, um, in New York um, for Tribeca. He was giving these Tribeca talks. And this is just off of um, True Detective and stuff. Mm. And um, the way he was talking about it was very much so, like, it came from, like, it, it was a passion project. They, I, I'm pretty sure it was shot in Ghana. Um, and it, like, no big studio really wanted it, and so Netflix kind of gave him the money based on off of True Detective and stuff like that. But guys, like, honestly, like, Kari Fukunaga had a career before True Detective, and he made dope films. Like, I don't like period films or anything, mm. but his Jane Eyre is, like, unreal. Like, it is unreal. Also, Sin Nombre is amazing. Um, it's based off of his NYU short called Sin Nombre as well, which I'm pretty sure is a movie that's like half pitch black, but I'm pretty sure the short film is online actually. And it's an unreal, mm. it's really good, but also it's a feature film that's worth yeah. watching. And, uh, what else? Yeah. I don't know what he made in between, in between then, but then he went off of True Detective and from True Detective, he made Beasts of No Nation. Mm. And, um, yeah, so the main, the main, um, the main actors are obviously Idris and, Abraham Attar. He and he plays a child soldier, right? He's like the He plays yeah, he's yeah. the he's the he's the main character. Well, he's a kid. Yeah, he's uh, let's see where is he? Now, oh, now he's 14 years old. Whoa. So I think he would have been about 13 or 12 right, when, he, okay. when he actually made it. Fair enough. And he was he was phenomenal and um and it's a very it's look it's about um some very heavy topics. It's about, um, you know, the conflicts in Africa. Um, it's about, uh, child soldiers. It's about, um, and you know, at, at the end of the day, it's a, a story of survival and, um, it's, it was incredibly heavy, but it was incredibly fulfilling. And I was looking at that going, if there was ever a movie that deserved accolades, it was this, mm. it this, like if you're talking about Oscar bait, mm. if that's if that's a term that needs to be thrown around, mm. this was it. Mm. And what infuriated me mm. was that this was not even considered mm. in the current lineup. Now, right. you know, I'm so over the Oscars. I'm not even looking at. And the I'm going to get to this yeah. right. I have also personally written off the Oscars because. At the moment, it's just a this this celebration of mediocrity. At mm, the moment, like yeah. I, I looked at the lineup, and admittedly, I haven't watched all of these films. And there's a whole discussion at the moment about diversity in um, uh, in the Academy Awards. You've probably seen a, uh, seen mm. something about it. Hashtag Oscars so white. Exactly. Yeah. And they have every right to, mm. and I because I think at least by them saying something. Mm that they're at least highlighting something about it. But, Mm. you know, that's not... uh, That in itself is not going to stop or change anything. At least it highlights the problem. And what is is sadly the case is that anything that 
um, gets accolades like Academy Awards or Golden Globes or whatever, they are then, uh, whoever is, you know, wins the award or is a participant in that, they get propelled into a, uh, a higher echelon of accessible actors that people want mm-hmm. because they have that accolade behind them. So these accolades, regardless of what we think of them, they still have value. Well, this is the thing. The Oscars are, this, are a celebration of the dominant narrative. And the dominant narrative is a white one. Which is, yeah, which is not going to change anytime soon. That's a, and that's the thing. So it's a celebration of that very, that generic accessibility. Right. That sells movie tickets. Um, you know what I mean? Like, and this isn't just, we're not just talking about America. We're mm. talking world over. I mean, I don't know if you heard like the Star Wars posters in China and stuff. Which had a pretty smaller much cro- version. Yeah, of... had pretty much cropped out yeah. like yeah. the black actors Absolutely. and stuff in it. So it's kind of like this worldwide definition mm. of what is what is um, cinema, what is cin- cinematically good yeah. or whatever, and it's like I, I also just feel sometimes like when um, you know when when black actors do like bolder roles, I feel like they aren't. I, I think some of them might like when black actors take on bolder roles. It's almost like they don't get recognized. Like Idris is playing. A bad dude in this, right? He's, he's playing like he's yeah. a genuinely, he's a complex and horrible human being. Whilst you've got, you know, the minute you know a you know you know a white actor wears something that might you know change, like you know, like he might play a transgender guy or something like that. Number one, why aren't you getting transgender actors to do this? Exactly. Like, That's know, like, I mean, yes. Why okay. do we need Jared Leto to do it? Like, um, I forget his name, but the the Danish girl, right? Yeah, that yeah, dude yeah. from the Danish girl. Like, I mean, that stuff is like celebrated and it's amazing. And like, um, I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of like this weird double standard that kind of exists. Like, you know what I mean? Like, colored actors, whether they be black, brown, or whatever, like they're only really celebrated if they reinforce certain stereotypes. Denzel Washington Training Day, maybe to some degree. To some degree, yes. But yeah. I mean, and there's there's an argument to say that that was actually just a great acting performance. But considering he didn't win it for Malcolm X, which is you know, which was a black empowerment. Movie, Damn. Yeah. Right. And it was what it was arguably his finest performance. Yeah. Um. But it its narrative was very much. Uh, it was a black empowerment. So mm. that is not going to play well with white audiences mm. in general. Mm. And, you know, giving it to Pacino, I mean, seriously. Yeah. Um, Ooh-ha. Yeah. <laughs> which, you know, and uh, you know what? Pacino's a fine actor, but there was definitely, that was that was underpinning it. And that, it just infuriates me that it's still perpetuated. It's it's a whole look. It's twenty sixteen, man. Like I and look, I I get the whole. You know they, you know, actors of color want to be recognized by their contemporaries and stuff like that. But I do think, change. And I've I've told you this before. Sometimes I question whether change happens by modifying existing institutions that are draconian and entrenched in old ways, or do we just replace them with new institutions? that are kind of, like, accepting and represent the times more. My point is this. Fuck the Oscars and maybe some other monolithic, like, award ceremony will come along that will properly fucking represent what is right and good. It's hard to dismantle something that's had decades of... Yeah, yeah, I know, uh, I know. ...of prominence and weight behind it. Yeah, but look... 
honestly, guys, though, if you're looking at the Oscars for quality cinema and stuff, you're just looking at a small fraction of dope cinema that has come out during the year. I know this, like, I, I'm a filmmaker mm-hmm. and, like, I have a lot of filmmaker friends and whatnot. And, like, very few of us are kind of like, oh, you know, the Oscars and, oh, this film. Like, we'll, we'll care if it's, like, P.T. Anderson mm, and, like, you yeah, know, guys exactly. like that, like P.T. Anderson and, and, you know, certain big names, sure, we'll be like, yo, that's what's up. But genuinely, most of the time, we're looking at, like, the quality cinema comes out of the indie scene, man. Like, um, yeah. like all these guys that are big names now, like the Ryan Kuglers, the Ryan Johnsons, the, uh, who, who else was there? Oh, Kerry Fukunaga. Kerry Fukunaga. All these guys, their origins are in indie cinema, man. Absolutely. Like, um, Ryan Kugler's first film, Fruitvale Station, amazing film, mm. small indie film with Michael B. Jordan. Ryan Johnson's first film, hands down, one of my favorite films of all time, if not my favorite film of all time, Brick. And um, Kerry Fukunaga, you know, Sin Nombre, Jane Eyre, like, these are all indie films. Um, you know, we look at Tribeca, we look at Sundance, we look at Toronto. Not that Toronto is an indie film festival, but, you know, that's... Suss that stuff out. Yeah. Because, like, absolutely. all this studio stuff is bollocks, man. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, one, one thing I will say about the Academy Awards and the the probably the first 10 minutes that I will be paying mm. attention to will be Chris Rock. Mm. Like, that, yeah, yeah. that is going to be interesting. I got a mad... So- I didn't care much for him for a long time. Mm. And then I kind of started watching a lot of his films. And... Because uh, he writes and directs his yeah. own stuff. And then I also started checking out his stand-up a lot. Also, you know, he's, he's a Brooklynite, and, like, mm-hmm. I have a very soft spot for that. And um, also, it was I think it was the New York Magazine interview that he did. Yeah, recently, yeah, yeah. Recently. Absolutely, and yeah. he said something about how, like, um, he was talking about, like, uh, people's definition of black progress and how right. they yeah, define yeah. Obama as, you know, black people have progressed. Yeah. And he was like, no, that's not actually black people progressing. That's white people progressing to the point that they can have a black yeah. president. Because <laughs> right. exactly. they, we they were ready to have a black president a long ass time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I was like, yo, you know what? Chris Rock's the fucking man. And, like, seriously. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm looking forward to ideally some, some intelligent, insightful and... And also, potentially divisive stuff that's going to oh, come out. Oh, he's it, he's I, a woke dude, man. He is no, absolutely. <laughs> and and I hope that he 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 tells it like it is. And because yeah. somebody needs to, and somebody in the entertainment industry that has that kind of prominence, and he has Paul. But he's not like Ricky Gervais. Oh, 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 oh boy! Like Ricky Gervais is just so funny. He is he is so unapologetically in your face like he's kind of an activist like but he's, he's also, standing up for like he's cutting through the bullshit but he's but he's also a gigantic asshole is basically the problem but like i think you just don't get it <laughs> i'm Man. going now i'm we this are, is a really sensitive are, topic but, for me we are potentially gonna lose this is a really sensitive topic for me i'm sorry i just can't be here um Look, uh, the one, I mean, okay, look, just briefly on Ricky Gervais, the one thing I will give him props for is that he he did his material, and but he didn't apologize for doing his material. Fine, but his jokes were easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, definitely not my kind of humor. My my dad does his humor every time, like, we have a family function. <laughs> Which is just like, you're fucked. This is why you're fucked. <laughs> And, like, oh, he just doesn't have the cheesy grin and the bad skin. Well, he has a cheesy grin, but, um, mm. but yeah, no, anyway, yeah, look, 
uh, Chris Rock, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, that guy's he's yo. Honestly, I'm gonna link um in the show notes to that Chris article, that mm. uh, Chris Rock article, the interview with him. It's a yeah. really really good interview. Yeah. Um, Chris Rock, like woke, funny, mm. intelligent. Yes. Like absolutely. yeah, yeah. All well, right. you know what? Mm. I'm gonna talk about a little thing that happened to us. That was yeah. interesting yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on the weekend. Definitely so, got us thinking. So, Friday after recording the podcast, mm-hmm. young young T-Bone and myself decided to visit, you know, the infamous spot we speak of. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went, and um, it was actually a pretty decent night. Like, yeah, um, it was actually kind of popping. Like, I'm not used to that. I'm used to it being a bit dead. Yeah, yeah, definitely um, a lot of folks in the house. But, like, it was kind of cool because the DJ was actually playing, spinning, like, old school hip-hop. On off vinyl. of vinyl, yeah, on which vinyl. is like, which is like dope. Mm. Um, shout out to the DJ who I'm friends with on Facebook, mm-hmm. but I can't remember his name. Um, yeah, like anyway, it was a, it was a really really good night. Anyway, so they started playing, um, you know, some Tribe Called Quest, and yes. they started playing some some Biggie. Mm. And so as, as a result of that, you know, T Bone and I decided, yo. Time it's to, game time. Time to hit Look, the we floor. like to dance. I know I like to I, dance. Especially if I like yeah. the song, I like to dance. I don't give a crap. I'll dance yeah. alone. I, I really don't I, give a crap. For the record, I like to shuffle. I think that's more <laughs> my dance style. a very good shuffler. Yeah. Oh, every, every day I'm shuffling. <laughs> I won't go into the, the party bone persona. No, 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 but, no. like, anyway. No, we, um, can, we can hit that later. <laughs> but, yeah, so we, we were on the dance floor, mm-hmm. and I think it was just, like, you and me. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, we danced together. No, no, let's clarify. There were ladies on the floor, but they quickly dispersed as soon as we I came. saw three of them kind of just group themselves into a corner and yeah, just yeah, fortify. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> they, they looked like they were I would just like to think that, you know, they, it wasn't so much that they thought we were horrendous, but more that they were, like, really intimidated by my killer dance moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And our suave sophistication, <laughs> general. No, but it yeah. it it was interesting because at one point a, a young a young he's probably not even that young no. a young young man approached us. Um, he was he was wearing a white t shirt, nice jeans, and really nice white kicks. I think they were Nike Air Force ones. And and inebriated. And inebriated as all hell. Quite quite. And he he joins us and proceeds to do. Uh, the ha- a blood hang signal like blood as in the 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 bloods the, and crips. the the American gang the mm. bloods as in the bloods and the crips. Anyway, he started doing the thing, and I laughed at him, going, "Dude, why are you doing that? <laughs> We're dancing to like a tribe called Quest, right? <laughs> Which is like the least gang banging yeah, hip hop yeah, yeah. you can imagine. <laughs> like this is like boom bap. Yeah, like, exactly." You know? <laughs> It's not, it's by no means like, pa, 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 pa. It's not that at all. And anyway, this guy proceeds to come up to us and then go, oh, it's a blood signal. Don't you know what that is? And we're like, yeah, I know, but you're not a blood. <laughs> we're not blood. Nobody in a 20 kilometer radius of here is a blood, right? What the fuck are you doing? That's kind of stupid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know why he came to us. Because we're dark-skinned dudes mm-hmm. in a very... I guess it's a white club. Yeah. Is it really? Well, I don't know. It's I, just a just place. Say, it's a place. Um, well, every color club is a white and club. And I think yeah. because we decided to dance when they just started spinning mm. hip-hop, I'm sorry, that's my music. I dance to it, right? Um, he... I, maybe he was trying to like 
be part of the group or something, which was fine. We yeah, welcomed yeah, yeah, yeah. him wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. But it was more kind of a, a comment he slipped in afterwards, mm. and he was completely inebriated, which kind of like... And this is this is what he said, and I'm paraphrasing because I genuinely can't remember what the fuck mm. he said. But he said something along the lines of, look... Because cause we were like, yo, stop doing that stupid hand signal. Yeah, you look yeah. like an idiot. It's kind of awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he took that as an affront to you're not black. Right, right, yeah. Right? That's, that's kind okay? of that, I that think that's what, that was the subtext was the of subject, it, right? For sure. And look, I've gotten this in the past. Mm. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, as, uh, as, yeah. Am I, as I, am I. Not as in like, Oh, Nilesh, are you, but more like, why do you pretend to be mm. black? I get that a lot, okay? Um, I'm sure you... Uh, we've oh, gotten it a lot all I, the bloody no, time. No, 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 I have, I have gotten that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like like I said, like, we... I mean, we dress a certain way. Mm. And, like, when we go out in the city, people will always say something like, Oh, are you run DMC? Uh. <laughs> to which my response is, are you the four dudes off the fucking footy show? Because that's what you look like right now, right? If you're hanging around town hall, it's a good chance you look like Steve Roach or some shit, man. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right? like, honestly, right? Steve Rogers, like, or whatever, what, whoever's on that fucking show. I don't know. I don't watch it. Yeah, so I'm I'm used to that. And but this was this was kind of like again. So this guy, after after us saying that, he was like, "Look, I know you guys think that. I know for like Australia, you two are considered black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is what he said. I know for Australia, you two are considered black. But I think he something that said something along the lines of where I'm from. He was English." Um, you guys are not black at all. You're right. And we were like, okay, uh, we're, we're definitely not black. No, absolutely <laughs> right? not. We don't, I don't think we pretend to be black or anything like that. Which, again, that's... But by, clearly by these people's definition, we, we are. are. Now, I have... God, I sound like such a white person now that I'm going to... I have a lot of black friends. Oh, no. <laughs> and no. they've never they've never said this to me. Right. They've right, never right, said right. this to me. Maybe they're just being polite. Maybe they're just being polite. And um, and so, like, he was... Then he was, like, saying, oh, yeah, but then but then he kind of, like, he, he made a joke out of it, and he was, like, mind you, again, like I said, completely inebriated. And then he was, like, but shh, we can keep this on the down low. Because the second blackest person here has now joined you, <laughs> and then and then he then proceeded to like insult the yeah, shoes yeah, I was yeah. wearing, and then he decided they were actually nice shoes because I was wearing nice <laughs> shoes that night. Um, but yeah, it kind of got me thinking about you know because I've gotten this before mm. from people very close to me as well that are uh, oh look you know you drop um, you drop African American lingo into when you talk you. You definitely dress a certain way. You mm-hmm. only listen to a certain form of music. Um, you 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 think you are this, and so it got me thinking a great deal, like you know about appropriation and 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 you know this is something actually people have wanted us to talk about to be honest with you, mm. and um, and so yeah, I was just like I, I was actually kind of offended that night. I understand how you felt. Yeah, but. Rather than being offended, it actually, it actually, like, and I think we we had a bit of a discussion about this before, Mm. but it actually did get me thinking about people's perception of me Mm. in a broader context. But didn't you feel like, is my presence hence problematic? presence like the way we are the way we carry ourselves how we present ourselves do we present ourselves as gigantic appropriators to qualify that statement we'd have to ask other people Mm. because 
I mean, you can you can answer this. How do you see yourself in terms of looking at who you are? Mm. How do you see, we'll call it hip hop culture, mm. as part of you as a person, and are you okay with that? I can't even begin to tell you how important it is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to milk sentiment or anything mm-hmm. here. And I think it, it is there is a reason why third identity immigrant kids do are drawn towards hip-hop and African-American mm-hmm. culture a great deal. Um, and I think it is because we are nationless people in many ways. We, we struggle with our own tribalism because our parents have lived one thing and they've put that on us and we definitely don't belong to the place we are currently in. And so we kind of see that reflected in the African-American experience somewhat because, um, like, yo, let's be honest, slavery is America's original sin. Mm-hmm. And, when we, and when we look at their, like, I definitely look at that and think there's an element of displacement there that I, that resonates with my experience. Boiling it all down, mm-hmm. hip-hop is born of that experience, the African-American experience. Okay. Right? The African-American experience mm. takes into consideration systematic racism and, you know... Oppression and... Oppression and a yeah, bunch yeah. of infinite things, mm. right? And it, hip-hop came into my life and provided, for me anyway, uh, a, a way of understanding the world. Okay. And it, it gave me a vernacular and a language I did not possess to understand the world prior to that. Um, I think... Uh, I grew up again, like, and I've mentioned this a hundred times, a mm. super conventional Hindu brown family. Mm. And, um, as a, and quite a, you know, Catholic private school boy education, um, very white upbringing and a very white part of Sydney. Um, always felt like an outsider myself, mm-hmm. always felt like an outsider. And I was, I was definitely, um, I would come home to a very different world to that of my contemporaries at the time always felt alienated and as a result I dived into my culture a great deal which led to a great deal of religiosity and mm. um, a multitude of things but and and at the same time I, I didn't feel like that was entirely me as well and then I discovered hip-hop and as a result of hip-hop I discovered African-American literature I discovered you know Iceberg Slim and James Baldwin and you know eventually that would turn into Ta-Nehisi Coates and um, you know, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, you know, Stokely Carmichael, um, Audrey Lord, like freaking all these people, right? Um, and that in they they spoke a, a language that really resonated with me and made me understand, helped me understand the world. That call for justice and stuff was replicated a great deal in hip hop as well. Um, uh, the music of Common, uh, Tupac. Like, all these guys, like, it really, they were, they were saying things that I believed in. And so, because of that, you know, I, I found a great affinity for that culture. And also, like... Just, just quickly, when you said they said things that you believe in, mm. how was it directly relatable to your life at that point? Like, because you are talking about there they are talking about systematic oppression mm. they're talking about um uh you know the economic struggle they're talking about but they're also the, talking the about the struggle. predicament of being the other 
in a, in a in a in a country where the narrative is is singular. Okay. And I am, and I was very much that during my. So youth. you drew from that. Yeah. From their message. Yeah, yeah, that they yeah. Are the other. And also, what what I, and also from my understanding of imperialism, I you know I'm I'm you know I had a, a grandfather who was like a, a freedom fighter and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um. So I I, that was bestowed upon me to some degree. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, fighting for justice, and this is what happened to us during colonialism and imperialism and, you know, mm. you know, partition, et cetera, et cetera. My family was greatly affected by partition. Um, I'm a Hindu Pakistani, so, like, my family actually stayed behind post-partition as opposed to moving over to mm-hmm. India. Um, so seeing that, the injustice of all of that, and, um, you know, one of the most moving moments of my life was actually going to Amritsar in India and going to see Jalianwala Bagh, which is, like, this... Um, massive um, garden near the Golden Temple in, in India where, like, basically the first massacre by the British uh, happened against the Indians. They killed and murdered a whole bunch of, like, unarmed men and women who were just assembling to hear a person speak about the freedom movement. And um, it was so moving for me. And it, the, the horror of it all... We're talking about women jumping into wells with their children just to escape being shot. Mm. You know, the injustice of that. Mm. Um, I saw. I see. I see it in what has happened to you know African American people in the past, mm. and continues to fucking happen. Mm. You know, I see that, and so to me, it's kind of like this. 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 This has happened before. Mm. And this continues to happen, and like I feel a part of it somehow, and I I just I get the anger. I get, I don't even want to call it anger because it's just fucking justified. Mm. Um, I I get it, and so that culture hence really appealed to me. There was a very social element to it. So yeah, so yeah, so that's why it's appealed to me, and it's informed so much of who I am. Mm. So much so that, like, I will be at a hip-hop concert and sometimes just get super fucking emotional. And you've probably witnessed this Mm. at times. And because I can't even begin to express in words how important it all is to me. Getting back to the idea of appropriation. Yeah. Is connection with somebody else's culture part of appropriation? Okay. Uh, And I don't know if I'm going to answer this, but I'm just going to say a bunch of stuff that hopefully within it is the answer. Because I'm genuinely not smart enough and to answer attempt, that. And I will attempt to interpret And you even will attempt to decipher it. Um, so, is connection to the culture my, part of Because what, right? what, okay. what somebody could say is, look, that's their struggle, mm. right? It's not your struggle. It's not your struggle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Potentially, you could draw parallels. Yeah. But, but it's at still the end not, of the day, yeah. it's not your struggle. So, yeah. so Like the guy said... I know you're black for Australia. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, and they're well within their right to say it mm. because it's, it is fact. Mm. But can you, I guess, in your own mind, are you still happy to, to draw that parallel? Are you still happy to keep that connection and not feel that you are in some way appropriating somebody else's issues and struggles and um and considering them your own that's a good question to which again i don't know i can only answer with i got good questions <laughs> i got regular barbara walters over here hey, 
I can think I'm a, an Oprah-like figure. But, uh. Larry Bone line. Um, okay, what what comes to mind when you when you ask me that is um, uh, again another New York Nilesh New York story. A friend of mine um, uh, who I went to film school with, uh, Dorothy. Dorothy, shout out Dorothy. What up? Um, she told me about a. So I attended a Black Lives Matters protest whilst I was in New York. Um, Again, because I felt it was important for me to. Because this is a culture that has given me a lot. And some might argue that I've taken a great deal from. It is my prerogative to be at that protest. Mm. But but I also felt strongly for it uh, after seeing all the things that happened. Mm. And, you know, I, I wrote a, 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 a bit of a, like, a, 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 an article, I guess you could, a blog post about it, which I kind of, like, talked about the protest and... Um, in a way, I, it was about me, and I wrote it quite a while ago, and it was about, like, I, you know, the beginning is I was talking about um, my own cultural appropriation. You know, I, I, wear, a, I wear a snapback. Um, I wear a button-up. I, I wear... The way I, the way I wear my clothes can very easily be seen as, you know, this guy thinks he's black. Or, Kicks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so it, it was me, like, acknowledging that, yes, yo, you do... Yo, like, I mean, sheesh, I appropriate even when I talk. Um, one thing that happened when I was there was Cornell West was there, and Cornell West is quite an eminent uh, theologian, professor, and he basically said that um, um, we love the people, and when you love folk, you stand up for them. And I think in some way that encapsulated how I felt. Um about why I was there and why I don't feel like I'm appropriating. Because, I mean, I I can give you an answer. Give me an answer, Tebow, because I'm clearly struggling. Well, I mean, it, it the way I would look at, say, for example, you attending a Black Lives Matter protest, mm. it doesn't have to be from a perspective... Is it brown guilt? No, it doesn't have to be from an appropriation perspective. It doesn't yeah. have to be from a guilt perspective. These are human rights that are being violated. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see a massive injustice. And, you know, human rights are supposed to be ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. There is There shouldn't be any restrictions. But right now, in the U.S. specifically, you know, they are being systematically and structurally oppressed. And... As a human being, you should feel this injustice needs to be acted upon. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you, you again, I'm not saying I, I can't speak for you saying that that's why you went, mm. but, but I guess looking at it from a human being perspective, mm. human beings are being oppressed. They are, they are, they are suffering injustice. You need to say something about mm. it. So, again, that's 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 one take I would put on it. If mm. if you know, again, I'm not saying that you feel guilty about the, you mm. doing it, but mm. that is just another way to look at it. Mm. That's that's one thing I would consider. Mm. And yes, I'll speak a bit on on how I feel about the appropriation side of things. The, do you feel like you're appropriate anyway? Like, how do you feel about it all? I mean, starting on when when I came to rap specifically, then mm. which then generated into hip hop, it was very it was a, it was a teenage thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was the '90s. <laughs> well, it was also a case of. Um, for me as well, like, yo, white kids listen to indie music mm. and, uh, we listen to hip hop. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, look, yeah, I yeah. mean like, you know, brown kids at the time, it was R&B and hip hop, yeah, you know, rap and, and, 
And so, you know, I, you know, I had my gangster rap phase. Uh, we all had pencil-thin beards yeah. and were trying to look like Craig David, <laughs> who a lot of my friends thought was the Prime Minister of England. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he, he definitely deserved it. Um, can you fill me in? Can you fill me in? Oh, yeah. Yes, You're going to get more singing from me. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what the world needs. Um, but, um, and, and it just... Like, at the time, as far as me listening to Western music, mm. it seemed like the most appropriate. Mm. Um, it, uh, look, did gangster rap speak to me? There was no, nothing even remotely gangster about me mm. during my teens and 20s. Um, um, yeah. and <laughs> even now. Even now, really, <laughs> when I think about it. There is no, like, no, I, there's, there's nothing even remote. Like, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't feel the struggle. Mm. I, you know, I wasn't on the streets as much as we joke about that. Mm. Um, there is, but, but at the same time, I could understand, you know, through, through the messages that they were saying, I could understand the struggle. It's mm. something that it wasn't a lived experience. Mm. So there wasn't a direct connection, but mm. I could understand it. Mm. We grew up in privileged middle-class circumstances. At least I can speak for that. Yeah. Um, and you know, and the struggle that they felt, no, I, there was no, like, it, that was not something I could specifically connect with. I'm thinking about Kanye West right now. Okay. And I'm thinking about It All Falls Down, and when I heard, first mm. heard It All Falls Down. Yeah, right. And I listened to it, and the way he was talking about the materialism, his own materialism, mm. and the materialism of, um, the, the, I think to some degree he talks about the African-American diaspora and, and, its, mm. and its obsession with status of, and wealth. I couldn't help but see that in my own community as well. Oh, that's very true. Very true. And and from that day forth, mm. hip hop owned me. Mm. You know, because I got it. Mm. Like I totally understood where he was coming mm. from. You know, you know. Um, I can't even go to the grocery store with without ones that are clean and a shirt with a team. Mm. Like you know, um, even even if you even if you're in a Benz, you still a bleep in a coupe. Mm. Like you know, when he said stuff like that. Mm. Um, I got it, man. Mm. I was like, yes, mm. like, yeah, yeah. This guy gets me, like, you know what I mean? Cause like, I, you know, I went through high school dealing with a great deal of racism. I, 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 I grew up in a very white part of Sydney. Mm. I'm not saying woe is me. I fucking come from a privileged neighborhood. Um, and and again, yeah, racism is all is all very relative in terms of its yeah. intensity. Yeah, like yo, you know, I, I wish I had known the term microaggression back then because my life was just microaggression on top of microaggression. But it was also like blatant racism as well. Yeah, I, there was um, a lot more macro, but but oh, at the same time, there was, like, like I think there's also the Australian... because there were there were fewer of us back then. Yeah, but also were, yeah, yeah, but the, there's also the Australian culture of casual racism. Yeah, yeah, which you know, which is another podcast, <laughs> but like um. But yeah, man, so I, I got it, and that's why it spoke mm. to me. But anyway, like, I mean, we haven't addressed really why appropriation, and maybe there isn't an answer. Um, well, maybe there's just not an answer that we can But my, Yeah, yeah, maybe we just don't have the, the language to support an answer. But I, I feel as though I don't take from this culture willy-nilly. I'd like to think that I give back by understanding and making an effort to understand. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, you hear from different commentators when it comes to 
how, how do you how do you, like specifically regarding black issues uh, from a white context? How do you how do you become a good white person when it comes to black issues? Have you seen that Stephen Colbert interview that yes. he did today? Yeah. With, oh my god! Really with the good. leader of the Black Lives yeah. Matters thing, I forget his name. He's an yeah. amazing dude. Um, so good. Yeah. No. 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 If you, we'll if, link you in the yeah. show notes. So good. And you know the the the, the Stephen the, Colbert force for good. Absolutely. Yeah. That like, should be I'm, like postfixed so, to his name. I'm so in impressed fact, by the fact. If that he's we're impressed by people, mm. we're gonna put force for good yeah, at yeah. the end of their name, and every time we say. Their name, we will say Force of Good. So Stephen Colbert, Force of Good. Good, for sure. Yeah. But the the overall theme of what he was saying was that just listen. And I yes. think just 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 hear what hear what they're saying, listen, process it. Mm. And you know, if there is some action that needs to be taken, there's something that like if there's something in your own perspective, your own worldview that needs to change, think about it, work at it, and make it happen. Like that's you know, I've said this before. If your worldview is not changing constantly by all of the inputs that are coming throughout, you know, throughout every piece of media and technology that that is surrounding you, you're not living. Mm. There has to be an evolution of understanding, and this is part of it. Mm. Like your, you, you, if you think that you have everything figured out, you are completely wrong, mm. and your perspective will will change. And part of part of that change is just listening, just listening to how to how p- different people live, how um, you know how how other people experience life, and understand it. You don't need to. You don't necessarily need to act upon it in every single situation, but sit th- sit there and listen and process and get to figuring out or just just practice empathy. That's pretty much what it is. Just start to understand where they're coming from. Or if you can't, like you said, just listen. Just listen. Just listen, man. Just listen and take it in. And it is confronting to um, uh, to to confront your own white privilege. I, I know, you know, I'm somebody who challenges my own male privilege regularly and it's amazing yeah. how much I take for granted that I am a man and that the world is a much safer place for me mm. as a result of it. Um, it's a humbling process. And it's and it's not easy. Change is ugly. Oh, ch- um, change, yeah, change is is terrifying. Yeah, but it's it, that interview is is like it's 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 a wonderful first step towards mm. kind of getting it because Stephen Colbert, Force for Good, um, wraps it up so beautifully within comedy, but still very seriously. Oh, absolutely, and um, because he he understands its importance mm. and the way he presents it because because of the way he presents himself it's in a it's in a relatively non-threatening manner mm. it makes the message so much easier mm. to to digest mm. to process so mm. he's doing his part mm. by by doing what he does and and making it seem like oh yeah it's actually not that bad mm. especially from a white perspective mm. um Back to appropriation. Yes, because yes, we, so we haven't. We get We haven't. We we've digressed a great deal. Okay, is it appropriation if you are making an effort to understand? You're confronting your own privilege. Your own um, when you're not treating it as tokenism and like a cultural guard that you can wear and discard straight away. When you're committing to it in some shape, way, or form. 
Okay, how how much weight do you put on the aesthetics of hip hop culture? Is that how, well? I'm saying that's what we're judged by. That's what that guy said to us the other night. That's all he's got to go on. He doesn't know us, so all he can judge us on is our outward appearance. That's a surface level appropriation. Yeah, yeah. There is there is the but we we take it that step further when it comes to hip hop culture. Mm. And music. Uh, would you would you say you belong to that culture? I know I definitely feel like I do. Somewhat, yeah. Um, but I also am. I still haven't come to terms with, I guess that that idea of do I belong to a specific culture? This is a man who's sitting in front of me with a black star T shirt on. <laughs> okay. <is that> all? <laughs> He has a t-shirt on that says most deaf and Talib Kweli are black star. <laughs> they are they were a really good group. <laughs> um yeah, look, it is it is a bit rich for me to say that. But but that's the thing, the to me it's just it's more, it's more than the music although that is a big part of it. Mm. Whereas I don't think I have uh probably delved into the depths that you may have. Mm. Um, so I can't... I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I do make a conscious effort regularly. Yeah, and yeah. whereas I can't, I can't say that for myself. Right. I, I am I'm kept aware of, you know, um, uh, trends. If I hear some decent music, that's great. But I don't think I can definitively say that I'm... Ah. Like, but, I like, this is the thing. But this is, this is the thing at the end of the day. How... Who judges appropriate? Who judges... Why was I offended... By, you know, what that guy said. Because he didn't see how I felt about this culture. He could only see what I was wearing. But And it's I mean, hard to show people. Maybe <laughs> you show people how you feel by how you dress. Yeah. And then it's like this weird circular kind of spiral of just, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Ah, it's... I don't want to justify it, but at the same time, I, I can't help but be like, if you take that away from me, I will wither away and die. Like, seriously. <laughs> well, I think it would, you wouldn't wither away and die, but it would definitely take a significant chunk of, of what you feel. Yeah, you I are. feel that I'm who I am. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. And then, and then, what is the next step? Well, I Trying guess to find I guess, something else to fill the hole. Yeah, maybe I should become a goth point. or something. But like, <laughs> maybe appropriation is um, tokenism without understanding. And then, via the understanding, you realize what you're doing is tokenism, and then you stop. <laughs> maybe I haven't come full circle yet. As in you haven't gone that step too far? Maybe I don't realize that by me appropriating, I am essentially disrespecting the very culture I love and adore. But you can't... You can't love and adore it without appropriating in some regard. Mm. Oh, I'm man, so fucking confused, man. Okay, okay, but the other... Okay, the other question is, say somebody says, but look, you're Pakistani. Yeah. Why don't you just, you know, go back to your own culture, as it were? You know, because I don't entirely belong to it. I don't know. I don't know. But what what is what is what is making you say that you don't belong to it? Have you just not embraced it enough? The thing is, I have, and it is a part of me. I'm I. 
is it hard to is it wrong to like multi we're all multifaceted right sure that is a part of me as is this i do think there is a strong link between diving into the depths of a culture that kind of i'm not saying it makes appropriation okay mm. i'm just saying that 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 understanding kind of because oh. okay i mean like again may not be the greatest example but when it comes to my understanding of japanese culture mm. you can make every effort mm. to speak the language understand mm. the culture understand mm. the religious significance mm. understand um the nuances of japanese culture the you know, everything from the the height of the bow to mm. to you know how to speak to your elders and all of that Mm. But if you're not Japanese, you never will be. Mm. Right? I don't think I'm black. But that is the accusation that's being foisted yes, upon you. Yes, definitely. And potentially from other... I mean, look, again, another African-American person could come to you and yes. look at you and yes. see how you act. Yes. And, and make exactly the same claim. Yes. You could you could look you could understand you yes. could you know but yes. you will never be one of us. But I'm <sighs> right. Is I'm not that... seeking to be because I know you? I can never be right, that. Okay. So I can never even pretend to understand the extent of that experience. Right. I can okay. only learn about it because, yes. yo, I have like to be a a, a young black person in America almost means you're constantly hunted you know and, and but what's it like to be a pakistani hindu in in uh in pakistan not much different at times and um, like and being a sri lankan tamil in, yeah. in sri lanka is and not easy and being sometimes even being a brown bearded man in the west yeah so, i do feel like i'm i've had experiences that have enforced that notion yeah yeah see it's confronting guys <laughs> It's and with and uh, with you know Larry Bone live over here <laughs> asking the hard hitting questions. <laughs> How'd you put on all the weight? Just ate a lot. <laughs> um, that was a DJ Khaled reference. If anybody yeah. picked up. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I don't think we were planning on answering questions. I think we I actually thought more. we'd be able to, but clearly. We've raised more questions. Yeah. We, we've definitely not cemented any answers. Yes. Yeah, so, um, but I'm hoping that at least within some of our ramblings that there is some, I guess, uh, it, it at least shines some perspective on our thought process when it comes to this particular discussion. Can we talk about Rachel Dolezal real quick? Yeah, I, I think that's actually incredibly relevant. Why is she wrong? She has always pretended to be black. Now, my thing is this. Right. Yeah, she's, look, she's the Spokane NAACP president or whatever the and, fuck it is. And, okay, and, well, okay, okay. I'll, yeah. I'll do my devil's advocate on this part. Go. Did she do good for the community? That's not the point right now. <laughs> no, hold okay, on. Fine, hold she on. Did. Okay, fine, she did. But that, okay, but does that mean you can wear, you can pretend to carry yourself off as one of them? If you love the people, why would you do something as demeaning as blackface? Knowing what that means. 
if you love the people so much and if that experience speaks, I tomorrow would never... If somebody came up okay. to me and said, yo, Nils, are you black? Mm. I would never say, yes, I am. I genuinely believe that she has a mental illness. Okay. Oh. Hold up, hold yeah. up. I just feel like that's such an omni defense. It, it could, look, it doesn't mean it's not true. It doesn't mean it's not true. But and, let's, and let's no, just no. assume it's, it's, that's not part of it, because then I just feel like we're defending some other wank who's going to do this in the future. Look, but that's it. Still, it still doesn't mean that that can't be used as a legitimate defense. I'm not again. At no point am I defending her action. I'm, I know, I know. I'm just frustrated. I know. <laughs> yeah. But if somebody genuinely believed that they 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 felt that struggle, and I think it comes back to what we were talking about earlier, mm. right? And they they thought that one barrier to her feeling a part of that community was her skin tone, right? Which, let's face it, in, a, in, our, in our world, the skin tone is an immediate barrier, right? If she then, in her own psychopathology, came to the conclusion that if I am of a similar skin tone, they will accept me more, because I want to do good for this community and I want to be a part of it, is that the worst thing in the world? Yes. Is... <laughs> yes, it fucking is. I, I, okay. Yes, it is. Also considering, uh, I mean, if we're delving into the past and shit, also considering she tried to sue some university. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. There is because that. she felt discriminated mm. against because she was white and then to, like, flip the coin and do all this shit. Look, it goes back to the Cornell West quote, at the protest. Mm. If you love the people, you know, you're there for the people and you mm. will help the people and you will support the people. And if that, and if she thought she was doing that by becoming a black person, she needs to understand the significance of how racist what she did was. Especially when she's calling that shit out as well. Cause she was, mm. you know, how is that what she did? Is that racist or privileged? That's racist, I feel. Like, I, I just... Uh, to me, it's just... It's hypocritical to begin with, which, right? Yeah, which, yeah. But it's kind of like... This is my thing. Like, I, I love the culture so much, but mm. not for a second would I consider wearing the garb. Mm. If I tomorrow married an African-American girl... I would not for a... And I had African-American... Half African-American kids. Half black kids. Whatever. I would not for a second tell people that I'm black. That's insulting to the experience that my children will go through. Mm. That's, that's insulting to the experience of my wife. That's mm. experience... That's, that's insulting to the experiences of my friends, man. That's insulting to the experience of freaking... Eric Garner's family and all those people mm. that have died for being that skin color, man. That's atrocious what she did. It's atrocious. Sorry, guys. I'm clearly very angry. <laughs> also, Australians at hip-hop concerts, stop saying the N-word. Oh, we can go on about that for a while. It makes it awkward. It makes it super awkward. Do you remember when we were at that Brother Ali gig? And he, st he stopped the concert for a bit. And he was like, 
Yo, I just want to talk a bit about white power. And I swear to God, that crowd chanted, White power! Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Australian hip-hop crowds, well done. I don't know, man. I've really... I've been super disturbed today. I'm really just quite... I'm all up in my feelings, man. I'm all up in my feelings. Sorry, guys. Wasn't, wasn't a very funny podcast. Yeah. Look, I don't know if we came up with any answers to anything. I think we just spewed our guts as we usually do. Um, I hope you can articulate or extract something from my yeah ramblings. And, and, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I would like for people to write in. Today's been a funny one, guys. It's well, been a funny not one. Not literally, but figuratively. Yeah, I don't think we got anywhere. We got, I'm just, we I'm got, just, I, got, I, I, I do feel exhausted because I'm very angry yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a, a tad heady. Yeah, yeah. But yo, look, look we're going to call it. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's call we'll, it. We'll call it. We're going to post up a bunch of links mm-hmm. on the Facebook and in the SoundCloud. I'll post that article I wrote just because I want to plug myself. Because mm-hmm. um, I can write nice words on occasion. Um, and next week... Dick jokes. <laughs> Next week will be the one hour comedy special. Uh, yes. Let's just bring White Mamba in. Mm. White Mamba! White Mamba, will you come? White Mamba! Yo, let's let's get on out of here. Look, guys, you've right. been listening to The Mints. Okay. Thanks um, for putting up with us with this one. This yeah. one's been a, an, a difficult assume, one for us. you hadn't actually st- tuned out at yet. some point. But yeah, um, thanks for... Thanks for listening in. If you have anything to say, you know, email us at themintspodcast at gmail.com. Like our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash themints, or just look for The, the Mints, Mints Podcast. podcast I think the Mints, facebook.com slash themintspodcast, sorry. Um, or look up The Mints on Facebook and you'll find us. Mm-hmm. You can find us on SoundCloud as well. Also, just search for The Mints on iTunes and Stitcher and you will definitely find us. We're the picture of Mints. Mm-hmm. What's your Instagram? My Instagram is at the opening salvo um, on... That's my Instagram, my Twitter, and my um, Snapchat. Uh-huh. Um, T-Bone, you? And I am at DJ underscore cashless on Instagram and Twitter. Get any new followers, bro? Absolutely. Oh, actually, I got a couple, but I'm pretty sure one of them was um, advertising his new single. And, oh, uh, mixtape brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, another one was trying to sell me shoes. So. Oh, well, look, I'm just getting a lot of, like... Um, uh, you know, escorts okay. following me. Yeah, I'm very cool. pop. I've always been popular with them because <laughs> I have a face that reeks of loneliness. Right. Um, they search me out and they're like, hmm, he looks like he's willing to pay for it. He looks critically lonely and sad. <laughs> Which is far from the <laughs> truth. Far, far from the truth. Yo, you know, they clearly know. They, they pick their niche. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's us. Um, you know, you've, you've been listening to The Mints, and um, yo, invite us to your parties, man. Please. See you later. See ya. I came up out the darkness, uh, searching for